Parenting's hard, you don't know what to do. You're blaming your kids, but it's probably you. You love your kids and that you can trust. Just remember your kids don't suck. Welcome to your kids don't suck. Cultivating closeness with your children through non-coercive conscious parenting. We're your hosts, Kara Tedstone and Rathia Lee. Let's dive in and grow together. One thing that I notice is that people get really triggered by hearing the words non-coercive, conscious, collaborative, gentle, all these words in the context of parenting because they jump to permission. And um, I really liked what you said in your video about hands off. And I wanted to know, like, how else do you describe what you really feel permissive parenting is and what does that look like to you? All right, I will try. What I said in the video for our listeners is I said that I think of permissive parenting as really hands off and some kind of thought that the parent has that I don't want to be invasive. So I'm just going to trust that my kid knows what they're doing and let them do their own thing. And they think that that's loving because probably they had really invasive parents and they don't want to be like that. So they're like, oh, no, I, you know what? The kids can work it out. I, when people do that, when kids are fighting, the kids will work it out themselves. Then they don't work it out themselves. They just fight and fight and fight for years. They do not work it out themselves. So, you know, and they just have this, they have this, this very strong approach that the kids can do it and they know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing and they need guidance and they need involvement and they need engagement and they need to process their feelings and they need to feel like someone is holding the space. And I think that parents that are permissive are regressed. They're in a kind of a teenager, you know, like I'm friends with my kids. That's why people also get triggered when you say I'm friends with my kid, because there's so many parents who say, we're friends and they adultify their children and they tell their children their problems yeah. and they ask yeah. for their child's advice and they have really inappropriate big feelings around their children. And they talk about inappropriate sexual things in front of their children and they just treat their children like adults. That's abuse. That's abusive and neglectful and wrong. And there's, you know, there's a huge spectrum of how wrong it could be. It might just be subtle, it might be insidious, and then it might be overt, and then it becomes abusive. So I'm not saying it's all abusive, but there's a there's a spectrum. And when I tell people, if I say to literally almost anyone, I'm a non-coercive conscious parent, and that means I don't make boundaries and limits for my child. We make them collaboratively. We negotiate. We learn from each other. There's a give and take they immediately see me as permissive. They go, well, you know, I don't believe in permissive parenting. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm permissive. I'm saying I, I actually spend time. I, you know, I investigate things. We talk through it. We're, we're really engaged. The word engagement is like the opposite of permissive. Uh, but people, because they're, because most people can only imagine traditional parenting, like punishments, consequences, you know, boundary setting that punit- that's punitive and, and, and power struggles. And that's all they can imagine that when you say you're not doing that, then all the all opposite of that is that you do nothing and that you're just, you just let your children walk all over you and treat you like a piece of shit and make you be their, their um, servants. And, you know, all that stuff. that's, that's where people go. Cause they just literally don't have the education that there's, there's a whole middle ground. Yeah. The one thing that I've been hearing lately is, um, 
So that means you just do this. Like they jump back to the opposite end of the spectrum, which is obviously permissive when I tell them what I'm doing. And I think you nailed it with they're lacking the education. Like what's been stressing me out or frustrating me lately is this idea that like every parent knows their kid best and every parent should feel entitled to basically treat their kid however the fuck they want because Mm -hmm. there is no one size fits all parenting approach. And so when I tell people what I do, they come back at me with like, well, sure, that's great for you. And if that works, awesome. But no, we could never do that because I've also, I also know my own kid. And I also, I'm not really interested in being like letting my kid walk all over me. So if you (laughs) want to do that, that's fine, but that's not going to work for us. And they might pity me a little bit, or they might think like, you're going to, you know, this is going to be a huge struggle. Just wait till they're teenagers. Yeah. Right. Well, they also, they also go, well, we can never do that because I have a schedule. I have a life. I have to go to work. My kids have to go to gymnastics. You know, we, we don't have time to mush around and be late to everything and just let your kid do whatever they want. Yeah. That's where they go. That's where they go. They can't imagine an actual flow where you're connected with your child and you're doing it together. Your child is bought in to whatever you've decided to do together. So you don't actually have to make them do stuff. It's it's a whole other thing. Oh my God. Because for me, I'm I find it hard to articulate to people in the moment the frustration with that question because I find it patronizing. I find it takes away from all the research that I've done in the last 15 years on parenting and on mental health attachment theory. And when people jump straight into the idea that we're just permissive and permissive is bad. And so therefore we're bad and this is bad and that it should be completely immediately written off. Yeah. That's very, very presumptuous and it's very entitled and it's very righteous It immediately closes the conversation for me and I find myself getting triggered and I would love to hear your thoughts on like, what what would you say to someone who said that to you? Because it it does for me bring up this feeling of like, clearly you're shut down to listening and that's not a good way to have a conversation with someone who could potentially be open. I don't think you should talk to people who are not open. It's it's just like racism and sexism. Like when I try to talk about anti-racism with people who are just like, arguing with me. Oh my God, the rage I feel, the futility. Uh, But the truth is they're not, they're not open and they just want to be right. I'm not saying you shouldn't stand up when it's time to stand up. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't speak up when it's time to speak up around any oppression towards children or people of color or women or, you know, trans people. Like I'm not saying, Oh, just give up. But in terms of like really getting into an in-depth conversation with someone who's just trying to be right. I think that's a waste of your time. Yeah, that's fair. That's kind of how I've been navigating. I kind of just, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, and just move on. But, um, but it's been triggering me because of the permission question comes up, especially I think at this age and stage with my kid, you know, when I go out with her and at the park, when you were saying what you think permissive parenting looks like, I said, I was thinking in my head, yeah, absolutely. Like parents will literally sit on their phone at the park while their kid goes and takes toys from everyone else and, and really makes kids upset. And parents are then left feeling frustrated with that parent who's just sitting over there and ignoring what their kid is doing. I I really just want to be clear that like, that's not what I would fucking do. I would not sit there on my phone and let my child go and take everybody else's toy because she wants to. And if she doesn't get them, she's going to be sad. And then call it non-coercive parenting. Yes. And then call it non-coercive conscious collaborative parenting, like whatever we're going to (laughs) be saying about it. Like with all of the words that we use to describe it, 
it kind of just makes me frustrated that people will immediately then go to, oh, you just are permissive and permissive parenting is awful. I'm with you. I want to tell you something that's real cutting edge information. I stopped controlling my daughter, who's 11, screen time when I decided to go non-coercive. So she was five. And I started to say, you can watch what you want and I will help you figure out when are good times. And I will suggest getting off it at times and we will try to go to sleep at a certain time. And if that doesn't work, we'll negotiate and we'll try different things. Right. But she watched sitcoms. What kinds of sitcoms? I'm so curious. Um, I Carly. Oh yeah. Those like kid ones. Yeah. Okay. All the Disney ones. The Disney ones. Sam and Cat. Uh, it was very, I can say that her, her screen watching, and maybe we need to just do a whole thing on screen watching, but I can say that her screen watching was the, by far the most triggering thing of anything with the non-course of path. The hardest. I had to be texting Vivek and calling him and talking to him about it constantly. I'm like, everyone's judging me. People are telling me all the science about how it's ruining her brain and it's going to damage her brain for the rest of her life. It's fucking up her eyes. Like I'm the worst parent. I feel so neglectful. I, you know, mm-hmm. I just was in hell. I was in hell about it. And he kept saying, you, you have to trust her. This is a, she, this is what she needs to hold on to her autonomy right now. She needs to watch these and you need to see it as her getting autonomous from you and your control. And that's how you should see it. So anyway, just last night, cutting edge news how many years later six years later she says to me last night mom i'm gonna tell you something i do not want you to use it to pressure me that's what she said she said i've decided to put some screen time limits on my phone and so i can only watch a certain amount a a day i'm thinking two hours a day then she sat there i just stayed quiet i didn't say anything she goes Okay, I think, and I'm thinking, no, you'll never be able to do that. So then she goes, okay, how about I'm thinking five hours and it'll like, and like things will get off, will turn off after five hours and I just won't be able to do it anymore. And I'm going to give you a password that you have to put in, you know, it's going to turn off and you have to put the password in and don't tell me the password. Wow. And I'm like, what do I do if I, you know, yeah, what do I do if you, and she goes, let me do what I want. I'm like, okay, right, because she's reading it. So I don't know if she's going to stick to it. I have no idea, but it took six years and she's deciding she wants to put screen time limits on her phone. She also looked at her dad's phone. She said, daddy does two or three hours more a day than I do. Can you believe that? So sometimes we know that just about 10 out of 10 adults can't control their screen usage, right? We can't, we're all fucked up. We didn't want, we didn't watch it as kids, but we're adults and we're all addicted. We're all completely relying on addicted to our phones. This 11 year old is starting to decide how she wants to be in relation to her phone. That's what non-coercion collaborative conscious parenting is all about is the child gets to have an experience with things and then decide how they want to be in relationship to it, including food, friends, bedtime, everything, everything, reading, you know, and people don't, and I, I'm like, what's going to happen with screen time? So this is the first time where it's now she wants to take charge of it and limit it. That happening is remarkable. I have never in all of my years in working with parents and their challenges with screens, because especially in my background with kids with neuro, you know, divergencies and screens is like for every parent dynamic with young children and even older, it's like hell, hell. Mm -hmm. And I have never once heard that that approach was taken with this outcome. Right. Well, I will let you know what happens. 
we'll see how it goes. But I do want to say that I know I need to keep my hands out of it. I can't stop trying to, inf- I can't be like, okay, I'm going to enforce this. Like that will just ruin the whole entire thing. It'll just absolutely destroy the whole thing because then she'll need to use it again to be autonomous from me. That's what people don't understand. These children that are given all this screen, like limitations, every single person I know they have screen limits with their kids and that's fine. Whatever. If their kids can do it. Great. My kid would like have a huge tantrum. So whatever. So the thing is these kids that are being forced limitations will no doubt become adults and they will do whatever the hell they want. You know what I'm saying? Just like with food, you control your child's food. At some point they will grow up, they will get away from you and they will eat whatever the fuck they want. They, they will have whatever relationship with the food they have. But I had a conversation with a parent about this recently in one of my coaching sessions with them. And they said, no, they said, no, if I let them eat whatever they want and I don't make them eat X, Y, Z and provide and provide and set limits and have the rules and the boundaries, then they will become obese. Oh, I didn't know where that was going. Really? Become obese was their fear, right? So screens and food for this family is a huge issue. Those are the two things that they have the most limits on. The fear was the child will become obese and sedentary. Mm -hmm. It's maddening that parents will set all these limits and prevent and withhold knowing that that child is going to grow into an autonomous person without those boundaries being placed on them because they will leave the house or they will take the car or they will go walk to the convenience store and they could develop binge eating habits, many other challenges with eating regardless. But the, the, but the objection to what I say with the collaboration and the exploration and the sitting down and the thinking deeply and thinking about your own triggers around food. Oh, God forbid they do that. Because it doesn't matter. Because if they take those limits away, they're going to become obese and become sedentary. (laughs) Well, and here's the really sad thing that Vivek has really helped me understand is that they have decided that that's more important than being actually close to their child. Well, because being obese is, is so terrifying. Thinking that their child would be obese is so terrifying and so triggering that they can't think clearly. Because I, I make, I made some TikToks saying that people are so triggered about mess and dirtiness yes. that they will literally destroy their relationships with their children to get them to clean up. And that becomes more important than having an actual close relationship with their child. It's the same with food. It's the same with screens. It's the same with coercion, coercion in general. Coercion becomes more important than the relationship itself. The fear of what your child will not be or what your child will be is more important than your relationship with your kids. Parents' own fears are the barriers to closeness. Always, 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 always. I just want to say that I'm, I'm, I'm having like the backlash right now as we're talking because we were talking earlier about people getting attacked and I'm like, oh, this is one, the screen time thing, the food thing. Like this is, this is where people will attack. They will attack, but they also should, if they're, if they, if they're listening to our show or they're coming across our content, like there's a reason for that. And yeah, maybe it's hard to hear. Yeah. But where else are they going to hear it? I know. Right. Who's going to say it? I had my parent support group last night. These people are so open and it really touches me so deeply. They, they've already been working with it with their kids and seeing a huge, huge, huge difference. I'll just give you a tiny little example. This person in my group 
their, their little kid, like a little baby kept taking off their glasses and it was driving them crazy. And they were like, I don't know what to do. My kid keeps taking off my glasses and I have to hold my kid because it's a baby. And she keeps taking off my glasses. It's driving me crazy. I said, why don't you make a game of it? Just, just every time she takes off your glasses, go, I can't see. Help. I can't see. And it turns out that that now the kid thinks it's the funniest thing in the world and they laugh hysterically and they and she does it every day just so they can play that one game. And then when she puts her glasses on, she, she can keep her glasses on because they get to play the game and have the closest and the interaction. And I did this. You did? I did this with my child. So every time now I wear sunglasses, it's like not like, like we'll do the game for a bit and I put them back on. The item is is so less uh, desirable, right? Like it's like, cause it's just already been played with and it's just, it's, uh, yeah. it's acceptable and it's been collaborated on a solution instead of me having to like prevent her from doing it, which would of course just drive her to want to do it more. It worked hundred percent. Well, that's the thing. Anyone, I have, I have this other person. I don't know if I told you this, this other parent that I did a mentor se- session with, she said, I decided to go non-coercion and within one week, my entire relationship with my child transformed. We were fighting all the time. There's all this power struggle, and I said it to him, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let you do what you want. We're just going to get into it together. And they're, immediately they were on the same page and everything changed. Now, it's not like magic. She still needed a lot of help with how to talk to him, things to say, how to, you know, how to take care of her needs. I mean, it's not like it's a fixer, but they became immediately on the same page. Well, someone made a comment on some video I was watching the other day and said, if I let my kid do ever and I do non-coercion, then they would go out into the winter with just a tank top and shorts on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not funny. So what? Well, no, that's just wonderful. That's what that's what Vivek says. Run out into the street, put a hand on a hot stove. What are the old ones? Cut themselves with a knife. I don't know. All the things. So I would say, yeah, you should get you should put on your shorts and tank top and go out in the snow together. See what happens. You could be, oh, 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 my feet are cold. Ah, like get, you know, just like right. Have fun with it. Be freezing cold together. I don't know how to make it any clearer the difference between permissive and what we talk about. You don't after this whole conversation, Kara. <laughs> you don't. You but the point is, clearer? they're not the fucking same. They are not the fucking same. And if one more person <laughs> says that they are to me, I'm gonna snap. You know what? You know, you want to practice just saying, yeah, yeah, I hear you and letting it go because I homeschool my kid and people, as soon as I say I'm homeschooling, they go, oh, well, we we could never do that because we want our kid to be socialized. Blah, blah, blah. People say like homeschooling and unschooling, they have the same stuff as non-coercion. Yeah. And so sometimes people say, <laughs> they'll go, oh, wow, you do that. What is she learning? And I'll mm-hmm. go, oh, nothing, not much. That's how I answer now. <laughs> I go, no, mostly nothing. Oh, that's the best. You're still just a blob on the kitchen floor. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't have any skills at all. <laughs> yeah, so you could try to find a line like that. That's I want people really say good. they say like, oh, it's just permissive parenting. Like, yeah, yeah, I just like permissive parenting. I think it's pretty cool. And then just leave it at that. I don't know. You know what I mean? I sometimes say, Oh, you know what? It's a long story. It's a whole field of study. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, because your point is what? That um, people who aren't open to it are not going to be able to understand in that moment, right? They don't want to. They don't want to because they they are shut off. Yeah. Their brains are not online. They're triggered. Yeah, you can't teach someone who's in like, yeah, because they're afraid. Well, it's because they're afraid. And we all know that you can't teach when people are in fight or flight or fawn, you know? So you need to be open to it. So you're right. Um, I just, I guess I have this like deep desire to explain and explain and explain, but then there's, that's pointless. You are triggered about people not getting it. So that's yes, the word. Absolutely. You I am triggered. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Cause I said that on a previous episode, like I, my biggest, I want everybody to think I'm a great parent. I want that. I want that. I want that. Yeah. 
They're not going to think that. Yeah. Oh, then you should just say, yeah, I suck. I'm a terrible (laughs) That's what I'll say. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. I'm a shitty, I'm a shitty mom. What are you going to do? You can Uh say, yeah, I'm the problem. (laughs) This has been your kids don't suck. You can find me, Kara Tedstone, at www.karatedstonetherapy.com and on Instagram at karatedstonetherapy. On my website, you'll find links to recommended readings and a link to my Reparenting with Mindfulness workbook, available now on Amazon. You can find me, Rathia Lee, at www.rathia.com. That's R-Y-T-H-E-A dot com. There you'll find published books, articles, and music, and parenting videos. Also, I'm on TikTok at Rathia Lee, on Instagram at Rathia Lee. You can book parent mentoring sessions with me through my website. And also, I have an advice from a loving bitch YouTube show that helps people heal self-hatred, and that's Rathia.com slash advice. It is important and essential to put our voices, Rathia and Kara, in a context. We are two white, cisgendered, straight, middle-class women living with financial and societal privilege. Because of this, our perspectives are limited and do not reflect the realities of all of our listeners. This podcast will feature guests with expertise around conscious parenting who differ in race, class, abilities, sexual orientation, and histories from us to broaden the conversation and reflect the lives of as many people as possible. 25% of the proceeds of this podcast will go to creators of color who have been mentors and influences on our work and in our growth as parents. If you like our show, please subscribe and stay tuned for more conscious parenting advice and insights. And check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash your kids don't suck to donate and connect with us.